0: Hello, hello! Happy Friday. Uh, my name is Roberto Benitez, I'm the founder and CEO of Blockchain 420 Inc. I love foundation and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Blockchain 420, baby blocks. I'm gonna get into all that stuff, but actually, this uh this stream is dedicated to something else. So, I wanted to talk about my incarceration and uh, how that, how that how that came about. And what that has to do with their So I'm going to get into that. So I remember, like it was yesterday, my 33rd birthday was December 30th. So of the previous year, 2000. So on my 33rd birthday, I had like a premonition. I had a feeling that something bad was going to happen. Really bad. I just didn't know what it was. I know that jesus died on his 33rd birthday i had like a lot of um weird omens going on and i never felt that way in my life so it's just a, a strange but it happened so we're going to the new year it's 2001 here comes april i just i get picked up i get picked up so before this time I had I had been through a divorce earlier. I had just moved to the Bronx. I was uh, renting a furnished room because I was trying to save up money to to, to get a bigger place for my son and I. I, I like I said, I've just been through a divorce, but um, you know we're both good parents, so of course we were um, debating the custody thing between us. But I was I was I was. You know getting my life back together. I was working as a contractor, independent contractor, doing lots of uh you know construction work. The business was good. I was just saving my money. But again I was I was uh single and I was bored because right? contracting work is not the same. It's always a feast of family So you either get a lot of work or this you just get a lot of little um busy work. You get really big jobs and i was getting a lot of really big jobs but those jobs also come to them and then funding sometimes stops and you know you got a whole construction there's a lot of a lot of um a lot of turmoil right so i was making money but the money that i was making well, even though it was was good money it wasn't every single day it wasn't every single day but i managed my money great so i didn't have a problem with any of that especially i was living way below money my means like i've always done so I, as I'm bored I'm sitting there, I start to, you know, meet my neighbors and the people in the neighborhood and the people that's, that's moving around, live there, start to make friends in right? a new place. I'm originally from the Bronx, but I didn't live uh, where I was living at now, well, excuse me, where I was living at then. So I just moved to that neighborhood. So over the course of uh, five, six months, I made some friendship with some dudes that I knew they were hustling, I knew they were doing whatever they were doing, you know. Um, but they were cool with me. They weren't doing nothing to nobody um, in the neighborhood. You know, they actually was uh, like kind of enforcing certain things, like to like behaviors, like people should just not do certain things if they were out because it would bring attention from the police. So a lot of other crime wasn't happening. They just did whatever they did, and I didn't really care. I was just, I was doing what I do. But they still human beings, right? So we hanging out, we become friends, go dancing, clubbing, hanging out. I get locked up so i'm locked up i get picked up by the feds i don't really know why so they don't they don't really tell you exactly what's going on right away so by time i figure out what's going on months have passed so i got i got picked up in april now we're at september so by september i already knew i was there Hmm. there's no question why i was there. What was the, the only question was how how many times were they gonna succeed with, with different um with different charges and, and that's a I don't want to get into the legal, legalese of all that but that was my my thoughts since I'm there so September 11th happens 9 11 and uh, the World Trade Center is right across the street so I'm watch I'm watching. TV. I'm, at that moment, I'm in general population. I'm watching TV and I see I, w- I was on the ninth floor, 11 floor I think I was on 11th 11 floor, 11, 11 North. I can see that one of the planes hit the building. And this is right across the street. So imagine the, the whole prison shook. And let me tell you which prison I was in. I was in MCC New York. I was in FCC New York. That's across the street from the World Trade Center. And that's the federal supermax. It's not a good place. It's not a good place to be. It's not where you want to be. But I was there. You know? And uh, so the first plane hit. We, You know, we, we we see it hit. We don't know what the hell happened. right? We thought a plane crashed into the building. We watching, right? Of course, there's a lot of alarms and things going on inside the prison. But still, there was so much uh, chaos and confusion they they hadn't officially said lock it down where they locked everybody down yet so that that hadn't happened yet remember this is within the span of a like a minute or two this this happened fast um wasn't long before that it was on the news so now everybody that's inside the prison we can't see outside we really didn't have no windows except up up there any, anyway like on, on the other floor where you can kind of see the sky a little bit but since the but since the trade centers are so big you could see them. You know, you, you couldn't miss them. So, wasn't too long um, while we were there that you could start seeing the people, you know, trying to trying to avoid uh, burning to death or the building collapsing on them. You know, starting to jump, and you can see the dust of the first building, right? Uh, just the debris and everything falling down, and it was, it was kind of it was, it was horrible. You know, it was, it was horrible. So they locked us down right after that. Right after that, the second plane hit. Boom. We all locked down, the building shaking, of course. We can't see. We don't know what's going on. Nobody does. All we know is that the CEOs are going crazy. Now we have radios with, with headphones, so we can listen to um the news. So we we, we know what's going on in the news because we can hear that coming through the radio. We can't we can't see any footage or anything that's going on but we already have seen it we have seen enough we've seen enough from what we could see i'll just put it that way right um and uh so they locked us down weeks passed and every day since they locked us down to where i'm coming to right now where i said weeks past every single day they were just bringing people in bringing people in trying to bring people in through through parts of the city because they hadn't they hadn't they had a sectioned off every single entrance to lower manhattan yeah like i said this is this was happening fast so they were just bringing in different prisoners, you know and just i mean it was it was a real ugly time to be to be in new york for that for all of that you know because just people innocent people on the street would just get snatched up you know if they had a muslim name if they, if they looked a certain way if they if they went to drew my prayer if they did anything anything you know it was, you didn't have to do any crime i mean it was just most of the people that I seen get locked up didn't do anything you know, at that at that moment at that moment well, we we couldn't interact with them. We're still locked down. We stayed locked down for maybe six weeks, twenty-four hour lockdown. No showers, no nothing. Um, why? Uh, because they said it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe, and we couldn't even get mail. We couldn't use the phones because all the phone lines were exploded, destroyed. All the electricity it was, it was like I said, it was a terrorist attack, right? So it was horrible. I know. The whole world saw it on TV, but I was right there. And uh, so they sent the anthrax to the mail so none of us could get mail. We couldn't send or receive mail. So from September 11th to early November, you know, like before Thanksgiving, there was really no mail, no phone, no movement. You know, there was still a lot of investigations going on. There was a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of first responders, a lot of heroes, a lot of people working sifting through the rubble trying to get people free. There was, there was a lot of that going on. So they, you know, the the only thing they were concerned about in the prison was the security of the prison that we didn't get out. That was that was their only concern. So you know, they would they had a different a different objective, but us. Uh, who were incarcerated at the time? Um, we had no idea what the outside world looked like for us, uh, as far as our family went. You know, because we didn't know if any of our family was, was downtown, was coming to visit us. You know, and a lot of us were getting visits that day. That they were there when that happened and they got killed. So it was just like a real, it was a real hard time. You know? So that that's my experience with 9/11. Peace and blessings, peace and blessings, hit 575. 75. So that, that's my experience with that. But then came the, the worst experience when I found out why I was there. So I told you the dudes I was hanging out with, um they got picked up. And there was uh some, some murders involved. Lots of drugs. At least at least that's at least that's the way the government said it was you know i, mean, I can't really tell you for sure like i said i, I didn't i didn't i didn't see them doing the, the stuff that the government was talking about um as far as the the the, the volume stuff so i, I really don't know and you know, I, I don't even know this because of uh you know paperwork yet. but the, the bottom line was uh i hung out with the wrong people Right? I'm not here to talk about the people whether they good people or bad people they people they people right and uh when people are in uh in desperate situations I guess they do desperate things right so there were a lot of people that were involved with this that were uh not American they were going to get deported and different different things so they all uh they all did whatever they wanted to do for whatever reasons they wanted to do it you know but, but like for me it was like a a, a different experience so they, they actually so they wanted to to go ahead with the death penalty for this case right so so my, my main advice to anybody is you know you really got to watch your associations you really got to watch your associations You know, it doesn't take much at all, at all. If you understand the federal government, if you understand that whole RICO thing, if you really understand that, it don't take much at all for you to lose your whole life, your whole life for associated with the wrong person. You understand? That's really the point of me talking about this, because that's what it, that's what it almost cost my whole life. My whole life, you know. And this is not a a, a process that lasts two, three, four, five, six months. So <laughs> you know, first of all, when you get locked up, nobody nobody believes you. All right, everybody's innocent. Nobody's nobody's actually going up there and saying, Yeah, yeah, I did it. <laughs> That's not how that works. You know, there's some people that do that, you know, but for the most part. You know that's some, that's on Hollywood fantasy. You know, most of the time people are gonna fight. You know, they're gonna lie, beg, steal. You know, even kill, even kill to avoid um, to avoid their karma. You understand what I'm saying? You know, like I said, I'm not I'm not, I'm not judging nobody. I'm not judging nobody at all. You know, y'all got y'all got to y'all got to answer the God for everything. You know and i, I and i ain't never been an innocent man like you know I, i'm a sinner like anybody else you know, i'll say about that but uh you know it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't i wasn't there for the right reasons and i almost lost my life for associating with people you know to pass time to pass time you know because there was cool because because they was getting money, you know, and I, and I was getting money, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there's we both like we all like women. <laughs> We're young and single. Right. I was 33. But <clears throat> to me, I was still pretty young and I, and I was single. So I, I wanted to have some fun as well. You know, why not you know? I have jobs? I don't have a place to go. You know, I wasn't doing the same type of things, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Guilty by association is a real thing. So really my lesson what I'm telling people is be careful, be careful, especially you, the youth, you know? Don't get wrapped up. Don't get wrapped up hanging out with the wrong people. You know, it's, it's, it's better to be, it's better to keep yourself separate from them. You know, you wave high and by, you know? Don't do it. Because for me, it cost me six years, six years. Now remember, I just told you about 9-11. Right. And one of the one of the one of the things one of the things that wasn't an immediate an imme- an immediate threat that could be assessed to the extent that it was and that it is now was the amount of toxins that were being released from from the rubble of the terrorist attack. Because it wasn't just like the, the one tower. It wasn't just the two towers. It was three buildings, building seven and the twin towers. And you know, I, I know for sure because I used to work for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Right? It's just that I just don't want to tell you my whole life story. But I used to work for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey for years by my point. You know? And you can check my bio, my resume, and all that because they all are there. I don't, I don't have to tell, tell a lie. So I'm in there. Like I said, it cost me six and a half years, but only the time of 9-11 to about Thanksgiving. So for, for September, from September to November, well, almost December, I had been at Jam Pop. Since you know I've been in gen Pop, from then on, because of the magnitude of the case, none of us were. Right? None of us were. So, and and people fight their own way, and the government believes nobody. They're not supposed to. <laughs> they're not supposed to. Like I said, everybody's trying to to, to get their way out. They all doing whatever the hell they doing. You know, Um, but uh, six and a half years is a long time. Six and a half years is a long time. And a lot of that time I spent in a solitary confinement. All right. And not just me, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people. You know, and even the time before that, when I was in Gen Pop, because of not going it might as well have been solitary confinement. because It was 24-hour lockdown. So I went from lockdown to lockdown. So I didn't get out. Well, so, of course, you go to court back and forth. You know, everybody goes to court. Uh, but I say you go to court back and forth. It's not like you go a lot. Like, you, you may go two, three times, you know, depending on what you're doing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's different. But, like, I went to court, like, three times, you know. But, but it took a long time for me to, to, to prove that I wasn't guilty of what they were saying I was guilty of. And just because somebody else said I was part of something doesn't mean I was actually part of something. You know so there's a there's a lot of different there's a lot of different um, things that can happen to people from from making bad choices right but i will tell you this i spent all that time there and during my time there um, all the other prisoners that i was around was only very 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 high profile prisoners i see you call good music blessings a very, very, very high-profile prisoners. You know I'm prisoners they're not gonna let in 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 general population, you know. Because hear them tell it, I was uh, I was like a like a monster or something. You know? like that that was that was that was their, that was their that was their story coming in, and I had to prove like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm nothing like I'm not even that dude. You don't know who you think the hell I am, right? But that takes years. That takes years. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a just a, they're going to take your word for it type of thing. All right? You got to actually prove. It's like they got to prove that you're, that you're guilty or you got to damn prove you're innocent. And that takes time. And I wasn't, how do I put this? I wasn't innocent to what I pled guilty to. I wasn't innocent to what I pled guilty to. You know what i paid guilty to i can tell you somebody showed me a gun one time and i was like well what what, what we do okay <laughs> you know and uh that person said that they gave me the gun i never had the gun i never accepted the gun i saw the gun supposedly this gun was defaced. This gun I've never seen. The gun the government, you know, never produced the the, the gun. This, but after six and a half years, I said, "Yeah, it's mine. It was mine." So I go home. So I go home. Six and a half years. Now, six and a half years um, for me, uh, and for anybody, if anybody. Was brutal, you know. Was brutal. So I went, I went from, from that to this real quick. And this is, this is a, a a bad, a bad example of this because this got to be some kind of cadre, cadre cell, or something like that with a TV in it because it has a a cabinet. But the this is definitely MCC. This is definitely uh, Metropolitan Correctional. This is definitely the same place where they had El Chapo. You know, same place, same bull was at. You know, and, and let me tell you, I, I, I don't want to name names, but I've been, to, I've been with a lot of these dudes. I talked about it before. You know what I mean? I talked about it before. You know? I was here when they took the CEO's eye out, uh, and it was a, it was a blind cleric that did it. You know? and, I, and I say that because it was dawn. Right? It was it was a it was a, was a <laughs> it was another problem after 9-11. You understand know what I'm saying? Even his lawyer went, ended up going to prison because they said that she was um, they said she was tra- uh, transmitting information to terrorist groups. And I'm, I'm sitting there in, in, a, in a cell just like this but said the window blacked out. So I really couldn't see you can't see anything outside. It's a frost if you're lucky. But you, my window was blacked out. I really couldn't even see if it was day or night. I knew because of the radio. Cause I could listen to the AM stations and listen to shows like bell and a couple of different uh, people, and remind me what time was. And and the whole time I was there, I had to study, I had to go to school, I had to go to school. All right, you gotta understand that the people that are, are representing you, your lawyer, <laughs> they take your money, sure, you know. But if they lose they don't do the time they go home every night they see their family every day you know now i'm not saying it's their fault that you're in your situation but you are if you rely on them alone i wish you the best of luck right? so i knew i knew what they were what the government was uh was looking for <laughs> as far as the penalty was right and uh for some, for some, for some people, death was on the table. Mm-hmm. So, i it's death penalty case is different. It's different. They're not going to put you in a place where they feel you may be able to hurt somebody. What else you got to lose? Mm-hmm. So they they kept everybody. Separate, but in different. weren't even all in the same prison. I really don't even know where the hell it was at. Excuse my language. I don't know where they were actually. Actually, honest at the time. You know, I know I was at. I was at MCC New York, and I stayed there the whole time. I stayed there the whole time, and I, I did. I did. I did move to different prisons. I did move to to to, to different prisons. On my way home. On my way home. Right, so they then went to like uh Atlanta uh, um Oklahoma City Lompont. Pond. I just, I just bounced around El Reno uh, Gilmer West Virginia and then I, I I finally came home but but it was uh it was a terrible experience and when you're in a situation like that where the people nobody believes that What you're saying? (laughs) Nobody believes what you're saying. You got to prove it, right? You know. So what what I'm saying is, I had to go to school in there. Had to go to school there. I couldn't rely on my lawyer. I couldn't rely on on the information I was getting. I wasn't getting no information. I just had things with charges, right? There's no access to a law library. There's there's nothing. There's nothing. You don't get a shower. So for six years, I pretty much washed up in the sink. Cut my own hair, shaved myself, took care of my hygiene, no contact, no bunking. I seen too many people lose their life inside the cell through the the, the glass, through the glass, because they couldn't take it no more. They're on the other side and when they hear the charges and they and they and they and they look at like their life and they say wow how the hell could they accuse me of all of this stuff right a lot of those people they 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 took their lives they call it hanging up they they, they took themselves out they hung themselves and that that was uh a, a pretty pretty regular thing, you know. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It was a pretty regular thing. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. And uh, so, you know, they, they 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 call it America's Guantanamo for a reason. You know, I don't really want to talk about the treatment in there. The, the, the treatment is not good. Right? The treatment is not good. It's not Humane, you know. Um, When Jeffrey Epstein was there, they said he killed himself. I don't know how, because I know there's a camera in the cell. There's a camera in the cell. So, so they they see. They, they, you can hang up, but they see when you're trying to do it. They see you grab the blanket. They see you tying it. At some point, they're supposed to see you. Right, and they make rounds, they make rounds, and there wasn't a day in all the years I was locked out that they didn't do count, they didn't walk around every day, they did count a couple times a day. And when they felt like they just came and just messed with you anyway, so like I said, I went to school, I had to learn everything I had to learn about law. I had to become Ironside. I had to become, you know, the, uh, uh, whatever other good uh, lawyer, TV lawyer, whatever it was, you know. I, I didn't really watch TV. I still don't really watch TV. You know? I had to study to be free. To be free. But all the time that I was there, I didn't get rotated out. What I did was get rotated cells. So they moved from. From from one side of the Supermax to the other side of the Supermax. It's got like uh just it's, it's it's got some wings. So they went from one wing to another wing, but I'm still in the same place. Meanwhile, staff, uh, prisoners, most people, they circulating in and out, right? Now there's now there's people there that because they, they don't care where they're gonna hold you at. This is not a compassionate thing. You say, oh, well, just, you know, let me let me stay in general, but no, nah, they don't care. They don't care. The purpose, of, you know, the purpose of, of isolating you and, and keeping you uh, locked up like that is to break your will. It's to break your will. It's to make you say, I did it. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a it's a psychological, it's a psychological torture. Right? Like I said, that and that's just and that's just the, 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 the time and the situation doing this thing, you know. The visits. Oh, I don't know how many of you uh people have gone to visit people in prison. God bless you, if you have, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, people that come for the visit, they get treated worse, worse than some of the people inside that have actually committed some of the most heinous things in the world. Because, like I said, not everybody's innocent, but I'm not nobody's judge. I've seen them with God, and how they and 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 a jury or whatever, however their situation works out, you know. But they they'll come, your family will come there, whatever, and you know. Got to get frisked, right? So you consent to be touched. So there's a lot of times it's not like a lot of pleasant touch. People come to visit. And it's not that they even like the person. It's just they don't want you to come back. (laughs) They don't want you to come back. They want to make sure that the person inside knows they got no support. So I've had to take my way through all of that and to the grace of God, uh, I'm home. You know? I've been home a long time, right? but I came home to my family because they never start supporting me. You know? They, 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 they stay with me the whole time. You know? So everything I, I have, I owe to, you know, God and my, and my wife, excuse me, you know so I just you know want to put that out there. So that's one of one of the, the, the harshest experiences I ever had in my life. It was so harsh that even when I lost my leg, it didn't faze me because it was nothing like the physical, mental, emotional, psychological torture of that place. And I did get to go home, but they gave me a parting gift. Like I said, I never left the building. Since I never left the building, I got cancer from 9-11, from being there, from being there. While everybody else was boogying around, you know, moving around, in and out, changing locations, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Yeah. So that was my parting gift. You know what I'm saying, like, so basically, there was like, we can't kill you one way; you're gonna die another. Because, for me, that was some Tuskegee, excuse me, I get a little bit emotional, some Tuskegee experiment shit. Excuse my language. I got the only cancer the oncologist ever seen in his life. I mean, uh, after practicing thirty years a black dude with skin cancer. I had a a big melanoma on the side of my head. I had to get that operated out. That didn't even show up until after I was free. You know? Thank God I caught it in time. I I didn't know what it was. I thought I was getting like a birthmark. I I, I didn't have no exposure to the sun. Look, when I came out, I looked like I was jaundiced. You got to really understand no sunlight. No mirror. <laughs> Everything is is, is, is is fuzzed out. You know, you get, a, you get a, little, a little mirror for the commissary, a little plastic joint. We use that, you know, look down the hall, fish a kite, you know, things like that. You know, use a mirror. Little, shaved, little tiny shave mirror, little metallic mirror, but you really can't. It, it's plastic. It gets scratched. You, you got to buy one like every two weeks because not. they get destroyed. They, they really can't do nothing with those things. So you can't even see yourself. You can't even see what they, what they're trying to make it devolve into. When you get put in such a a situation that seems so the odds, so insurmountable, insurmountable. And you have the best legal minds you know, not only that, uh, that you could afford, but you have uh correspondence, you know, once, once I, once I was in that, in that level of security, I, w- I was allowed mail. So I was corresponding and, and I had tons of books, tons of books. I was only allowed to keep three. I was only allowed to keep three. That was, that was the, the rule. Right. So I'd read a book, take all the notes. I could memorize as much as possible and send it out, send it out. They got to imagine how many law books that is. People are not gonna help you. Like it didn't gonna help you. It's not. It's not about your money. People will take your money. This doesn't mean they're gonna help you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just. It just means they got a license to practice on you. Practice law. <laughs> you know practice medicine you know I'm not saying I don't respect the professions but you know on courses and I say that because um like I, I just told you I, I had cancer but my wife got large B cell lymphoma twice I, I came home I came home when I was on ground zero I have nothing just me and my children you know what I'm saying Thank you, talk bombs Just just me and my family, my wife, my children. So, you know. We're doing our thing. We was working. Sam, she was um, she was she was the boss of the Georgia Dome. Not the top boss, but she ran the, the box office. You know, so she she had a lot of responsibility. She was a big dog. I came home to Georgia. I'd never been there before. Not living. Oh, um, I was on. I'm supposed to be on supervisor release like a year. But they so dirty. They changed my supervisor release while I'm, there. while I'm there. While I'm in Georgia. While I'm in the halfway house. They changed my, they add another six months to my supervisor release. Add another six months to my supervisor release. So I got no choice about that. I took it. Not I could appeal it from inside, but <laughs> by the time my paperwork gets in, I'd be back out. So I was like, I'm just just gonna take it, you know. So I get I get to Georgia. I'm in a, in a place called Fulton Industrial. I don't know if if any of y'all are from Atlanta, but if you from the A, you know where Fulton Industrial is at. You know what I'm saying. So I'm right there on a hill. And all them folks from Katrina, all them cats from Louisiana, they just got there. wasn't too long. It commercial, oh, I can't believe it. I'm sorry, um, you can't. I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, but uh, those people, you got, you got to get a job when you're there. So I, of course I, I'm working. No problem. I'm 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 working. What I always do. I work construction. So I'm building things. I'm moving around. And I'm a, I'm a unit electrician. You know, I'm a local three IBW electrician. I'm third generation. So I, like I said, I was making money before I got locked up. I was, I was working. You know. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm out there doing my thing. I'm working. And every day I got to come back to the halfway house. I got to pay rent. I got to show that I'm working. While I'm there, every day I go out to work, these dudes that just came from, from Louisiana, they're on ground zero. They don't have no money. They're hungry. You know, stomach is on their back. They're trying to rob me every day. Every day I'm going to work, every day somebody's trying to rob me. Every day. <laughs> and, you, and you can't, And I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I didn't get robbed. I said they were trying to rob a lot of a lot of my people got robbed every day you know they're just waiting for them you know every, every payday you know, catch them there's only a couple of ways in from the bus it's, a, it's an isolated place you know it's industrial it's an industrial warehouse area and it's in the woods you know well it's, it's in the city but it's, there, there's a lot of wooded area around it so you know people just lay wait. i was just blessed you know i didn't i didn't i didn't get they get yaked. I did get approached a couple of times, but it, it didn't work out the way they wanted. But you can't really defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already know. You can't really defend yourself because you can't carry nothing. You already you just came out of prison, right? And I, I, I never lived in Georgia. And I've been black my whole life. I don't want to want no trouble. I don't want to carry around with a knife or nothing. You know, I'm I'm trying to get back inside. So what I'm trying to say is that just because, oh, not, well, it's, it's, the, it's the United States Guantanamo Bay. There's only one Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, but the United States Guantanamo Bay is MCC New York. That's where they had El Chapo. That's where they had the terrorists that blew up the USS Nimitz. That's where they they, they kept Sammy. You know? Um, you know, the same place. MCC is in New York. M- MDC is in Brooklyn. Manhattan Detention Center. Manhattan Detention Center. And they haven't, they've had their own problems. No heat. Like I said, they're, they're all just terrible conditions and it's the same pressure. So it, it's a, it's a little bit. It's, it's a, it's a, Oh no, it's all right. It's a little bit easier. If you, if you're in, if you're in general population, maybe you can find some support, right? Uh, of other people that's, that's suffering, which is different. When you was in my situation, one, you don't know what's going on with the people that, that you've been linked with, right? There's no communication. There's no communication between you and the lawyers about that. You know, you just got, everybody's just got to take their ticket. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have to go to trial. My, my whole thing was I didn't do nothing that they was talking about. So I, I I was free, but it took me a long time. And I say free, I'm, I'm not free. I still did six and a half, close to seven years that I gave my life and then got cancer behind it. You know what I mean? So, so it was never free. It cost me everything. And that's what I want to tell people. You know, you can lose everything hanging out with the wrong people. So be careful who you hang out with. Be careful about your associations. Understand how the legal system really works. Understand how the RICO statute affects people. All right. There's a lot of people doing kingpin time that never made no money that never made no money it wasn't no big drug dealers at all they're doing a million years a million years for nothing right there's 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 people of, of, there's people of color in, in prison yeah now you, you I, I pled guilty to a gun I pled guilty so I, I, I if I'm guilty I'm guilty I, that was, that was the whole that's the caveat That's how the cop-out system works. You know what I mean? That's how the cop-out system works. You cop out to something. It happens every day. A lot of people end up under the three strikes strikes law because of just that. They might have got caught shoplifting a a pen at a store, and something that could have been handled with a desk appearance ticket gets escalated to something much greater because it's a money in the numbers thing. So they, and racism. So they lock you up after you spend a week at a and you get to the judgment. Like, Did you steal a pen? You don't even want to defend yourself. You might've had the pen the whole time. You just say, yeah, I'll be guilty. And pay, so you can pay the fine, but that, that's one strike. So they, they get you to cop out. So Because they know that every day you're away from home costs you money, it costs you relationships, the course you of your family. So most people that get locked up on petty crime, they cop out. You know, because they just want to get to get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if the mandatory three is, is scratched out um for across the whole United States. It's only like it's still in a certain state in states, they still do it. Just like the 13th Amendment is still on still on the ballot right now. You know, so they still. They're still trying to vote on slavery. <laughs> you trust me, they have it, they have all, all the way ruled out the three the, the three strikes law. Not everywhere. Yeah, just New York. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's very draconian, the system, right? So that, that's what that's what blockchain for today is about. Look, I, I I had to think my way through that situation. My wife got canceled, lot of be selling former twice. Um I had to think my way through that situation. I didn't give her the therapy that that they recommended. That they recommended exactly. I'm a Puerto Rico, we, we, you know, Puerto Rico and DC, they commonwealths. We we definitely understand, you know. Um, it's a it's a it's a terrible thing, you know. They recommended for her that she take this chemotherapy right now, start today. And they told her in front of her mother and myself that if she didn't do this today, that she may as well just go home and kill herself. Yeah, Virginia, yes, yes, VA, VA. Be careful out there, Queen. I know it's rough everywhere, but yeah, that, that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. So that's why that's why I made blockchain for twenty look. The doctors wanted my wife to to just take chemo. It was gonna kill her. She did take one round of it. It was so bad. so told her we were gonna do something different. I had a a a, a nutraceutical corporation. Right? It was called Flawless Science, and I had a lab out in 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 Georgia, Benitez Labs. So all this stuff you can look it up on the internet. You know, it's all public record. All right, so. After I got home, I did fantastic. Like I said, I was always a businessman. I won so many awards from the chambers of commerce, this, that, a third. I got, I got, um, I got picked up by the state of Georgia to work in the Georgia World Congress Center. You know, Sam, Sam uh, got me the interview. And of course my electrical engineering skills spoke for themselves. right? And, uh, I got the job there and I was, uh, an electrician there for years. There was a tornado. I went in on my day off to help help save people. But that's just who I was, you know. Always been, you know? and uh, I got a T-shirt. I got a T-shirt, and, I, and I'm still. i real good friends with, with everybody from the George World Congress Center and their staff. You know, even on LinkedIn, even with the Port Authority, because I, I never had no problems with the Port Authority. I was a structural maintainer. I made bridges, tunnels, buildings, roadways. You name it, I built it. Heavy equipment operator, everything, everything. You know? So, so for me, making money was not a problem. You know, being flashy, wearing, wearing the kind of clothes I want, and all that wasn't was, was a problem. I could afford to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, Con Ed, that's what's up. Con Ed. You know? um, I grew up with Con Ed in New York. Um. So, being associated with the wrong people could cost you everything. Don't let it cost you everything. Don't let it cost you everything. All right. and I built a lot of different businesses I, I'm telling you this story because the same way those towers came down that's how my life came down that's how my life came down and then as I was starting to saw through the rubble boom my wife gets cancer twice twice they split up from they split up from here to the bottom took out a, a, almost a 30 pound tumor I think it's 23 pounds I, I, I know it was over 20. You know, and it was on a on a the heavy side of the scale, like 23, 24 pounds, like around there. And uh that she had and She's been complaining about for years. And I was taken to the emergency room every day, every day, and we don't use drugs. And they kept trying to sell us, well, just take this um oxy, We're like we don't want no damn oxy. You know, we want to get some tests done. We want to get some tests done. You know, they come, they flim flam us, they they get, put us under the, 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 the x-ray receiver. But how many x-rays can my wife safely take before they give her cancer from uh, overexposure to, to x-rays, right? So we wanted to get um, different types of scans, like PET scan, like different things done. And then, and of course, my insurance, they want to pay for it because they were just saying that um, I was we were overreacting. But so my wife's in pain every day, every day, right? So finally, they they removed that big tumor from her. And so she got cancer twice from it. It was systemic, but the biggest tumor was in her her stomach. Then she got another tumor on the side of her face and she had to get surgery to get her move. But we thank thank God we stopped it there. We stopped it there, but we took we took a very different therapy, a very different therapy. So I definitely pro medical marijuana. I'm pro recreational marijuana. That's what a person wants to do. You know, don't commit suicide. You know, don't, don't get uh, addicted to opiates. know and and all these heavy drugs if uh if you don't have to it's legal within your state within your country do it do it you know take care yourself self-care self-care so blockchain 420 that that's really what we're all about so i've I've been through a lot of a lot of injustice been through a lot of suffering you know of course, i got hit by a truck and lost my leg and i don't even want to talk about that because that's a whole other story you know the, the doctors they stole my medicine i got all the paperwork all the legal work upon it. I gave like a two and a half hour TED talk at Grady Hospital. At Grady Hospital to all their heads of, of, of staff, to all the department heads. It was a catered event of the, such the horrible treatment that they gave me there. Okay? And I, I did fight to get the nurses' licenses revoked. Did fight to get their licenses revoked. Took me a long time too, and, I, and they never told me the actual outcome of that. Yeah. But Grady's a powerful hospital; they know a lot of people. But I got the records and the videos, and the videos, and the videos to show what happened to me. Yeah. So I was I was in a, I was in correspondence with a lot of uh, a lot of news reporters at the time. Heavyweight stations, Channel 2, uh, WSB-TV, a bunch of different radios, a bunch of different television stations, because they, they they saw the videos that I sent them of what I had been through at Grady. And they were going to run the story, and every single one of them, they shut it down. They came up with a bunch of lame excuses. I went to Atlanta Police Department and told them what happened. My father complained. They didn't want to take my complaint. They didn't want to take my complaint. They they were telling me that you, you can't steal from the patients. You can't steal from the patients. All right, and like I said, and what they were stealing, they did. They stole some earrings. They had, had two big trillions. I don't, I don't know. I don't got them anymore. But I had two big trillion earrings. They stole those. Um, but what they really, what are what they really. You got to be careful with this because uh what I accused them of, what year was this? Uh It's, uh, it's been four years since I lost my legs. So it's like 2017. 2017. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I try to, to, to keep that. I got all the medical records and everything. My wife always reminds me when it, when it happened, I try to like blank it out. And to be honest, that, that was a whole other like super disaster, you know. But long story short, um when I was riding my bike, I was going, I was going down the road, I was headed northbound, let's say. Average speed, traffic, it's in the morning. Do coming southbound, speeding, hits the grass, spins out of control, floors it again, crosses the, 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 the divided, and hits me. Head, head on and takes my leg off. I see him coming. I'm trying to lay my bike down. And that's why I only took my left leg. Because he would have caught me straight head on, I don't know what would have happened. I know that I still flew 200 yards because they, the, the Georgia State Patrol came and measured the distance from my bike to my body. But the guy that hit me was a, a naval officer. And Dude didn't even call 911. they one. Didn't apply a tourniquet, nothing. Nothing. I went to the JAG. I went to the Georgia State Patrol. I went to the, to the P- Department of the Navy. They had internal investigations because he would never charge with anything except failure to maintain lane. Failure to maintain his lane. So don't believe that you're going to find justice or, or just because you understand law, because I understand the law. I had a fight with nurses, and like I said, I got videos and everything. But there's one, there's one thing that hospitals have a, a almost like a blanket immunity on, and that is um, when it comes to malpractice. Malpractice has to be something that the doctor or hospital did to cause you a permanent injury. They did never, they didn't excuse me. They never caused me to lose my leg. So anything related to that would not be a permanent injury unless they t- took my arm off or finger. Or you know, they they excuse me, puncture the lung. Something that would that would be, you know, and, and, I, and I don't think that's a permanent injury either. I have to use something more drastic. Other than that, they have like a an escape, an escape clause legally. I know because I searched every single law regarding medical malpractice and abuse in every case that there's ever been written, because I did take them to court. I did take them to court, All right. I took them to court, not because I could win, but because it cost me so much financially. And I suffered so much there, right? That um, I, I wanted to make sure that they didn't profiteer from the billing, so they're gonna to have to spend it back in legal fees. You know? That was that was my that was my goal to get their licenses taken because they should not be practicing medicine on anything that lives. I don't care if it's a gecko. <coughs> Excuse me. They should not be practicing medicine, but it definitely should not be practicing on human beings. Not those particular people. Like I said I, I don't ever make stories up if uh if anybody ever wanted to like you know read about it, it says it's, everything is up uh, public I made a lot of complaints about it um and I have all the legal documentation about it because I, I think it's important that people <clears throat> that people um fight for themselves they just don't know how to fight I fight all the time' I'm not, I'm not taking anything laying down. <laughs> Excuse me, I have a uh, sore throat. So that's why I made blockchain 420 because I was tired of all of the abuse, lack of education, uh, lack of lack of resources, lack of help, lack of compassion. You know, this is a big lack, you know. So as I started making money, I said I want to do something that gives back to the world, but something also that makes other people, you know, uh opportunities to. To maybe generate some wealth and i have to say this like this because <coughs> for myself i have to be legally I have to be careful how i speak because i've told my people that this is not financial advice it's for educational purposes only and since i'm speaking for myself and the high love foundation and blockchain 420 uh and 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 all the things that we're doing all the fantastic work that we're doing i just uh i want to be careful never mislead anybody you thank you uh hip-hop 75. but i'm gonna i'm gonna come back a lot more often and i'm definitely gonna speak my mind a lot because i'm i'm disgusted you know i I look at what what's, what's coming up as news and it's like the little mermaid that's news you know uh and all these other weird topics and i get it they're important they're important i'm not saying that they're not important but you know they, they, they also don't carry the same weight as um, what's going on in Mississippi. Right? What's going on in Mississippi? You know, Stealing all the welfare money. Brett Favre and the Super Bowl buddies. And Ted DiBiase and them. You know? Stealing from the most vulnerable of all of us. Right? And if you're on welfare, nobody's on welfare You know, contrary to popular um, racist and ignorant beliefs, if someone's on welfare, they're living below the poverty line. They're not choosing to stay there. They're not choosing to stay there. They definitely see their friends, some of them, some of them moving up and maybe, you know, doing different things. But for the most part, if they're there, it's because that's a social safety net that they probably need. Because I want you to understand, Blockchain 420, at the end of the day, yes, we make cryptocurrency. Yes, we make NFTs. Yes, we do gaming. Yes, we're going to make animation. We're going start making anime series. All these things is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many, so many evil things going on. Yep. And, and, and and our people are just sort of just accepting a lot of it. You know, I don't Disney absolutely planned that the Little Mermaid, if they could give it to a, a super fantastic, a talented young sister to do, that it would be in their best interest to do it. That it would be in their best interest to do it. You know? So that's why they did it. That's why they did it. They knew it would start a controversy, they knew people would start talking. What they're missing is that's an opportunity for that young lady, for that young lady, who's who's a, who has an amazing talent. She didn't just get a job out of nepotism, because she knew somebody. She had to compete against a lot of people to to win her role, singing and acting. Right. So, it's a it's a. I want to make sure that we we start to work work together. I want to bring some equality to the people. Some more education to the people, you know. I've been through a lot of different things. Like I said, I, I live in, in Panama right now. I live in different countries, a lot of different countries. I've traveled the world, you know. Um, and I came back from nothing, in spite of the illnesses, in spite of everything. Right. So you're always gonna you're always gonna come away with some gems. So I thank you for tuning in. You know, I'm gonna definitely be back a friend like subscribe put on notifications i going to come back with a lot of different topics i going to talk about a lot of different things i just really wanted to talk about my experience kind of briefly i didn't want to it's such a brutal thing you know i really don't even like to talk about it but just being locked up in in that supermax man over over out of death penalty case for something that really had nothing to do with you know um is a horrible experience they're getting cancer behind that and you know I can't sue. I can't sue for that either. I was a prisoner, you know, a prisoner. Prisoners, uh, they, they have certain rights, but you lose a lot of rights when you're in, in, in a in a federal prison system, you know, because it's not like it's a a state prison where they may may have some flexibility as to what you may or may not be able to get recompense for uh, under their penal codes. So anyway, thank you all. Bless you, tall pros. Stay strong, hip-hop society, five blessings, people. Um, And I'll definitely be back. And I'm going to keep the stream shorter. I just really wanted to address the whole 9-11 thing and the whole death penalty thing because I know there's so many people out here that feel so hopeless. And I don't want them to feel that way. Don't do don't, don't feel hopeless. You know what I'm saying? Come rock with us. You're going to change the world. You're going to give you hope. You know? And you might make a lot of bread. That's not just financial advice. But I know what I'm doing. Peace.